This is On the Block with Stricken Austin. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big 8 tournament champion. Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America, on air and online at theticketfm.com. Brought to you by Mary Ellen's Food for the Soul. This is On the Block with Stricken Austin. Hold up. That's right. Welcome into On the Block. Happy Friday, everybody. On the Block presented by Mary Ellen's uh, Food for the Soul. You can find Mary Ellen's at 27th and Pine Lake here in Lincoln. Pick you up a plate of food. It's uh, probably a little too late for lunch, but if you need a late lunch, go get one at Mary Ellen's. If not, plenty of time till supper. Make that part of your night tonight, Mary Ellen's. What better way to, uh, I won't say kick off a weekend, I'll say tip off a weekend. Strick, uh, Friday the 13th, too, a superstitious day for some people. In your playing days, did you ever have any superstitions? <laughs> um, I don't think I had any superstitions, but I had a routine. Okay. Right. So there, mm-hmm. you know, it was something where I would just kind of go, I would do my meal. Like they, they always kind of prepared a little meal for it. the meals and the nutritionist now that they have is way different than the times that we used to play. But yeah, I would go get, go get my meal. I would go in at a certain time, get some shots up. I would then kind of go and I would do like a little meditation. A guy by the name of John Stark taught me about meditation, kind of focusing in on what the game plan was, what my assignments were. And then I would kind of sit down maybe in the in the shower in a, in a chair, just kind of focus in for about 10, 10, 10 to 15 minutes. And then I would go kind of read over my scouting report and then get myself dressed and ready to go. I, so it was a routine. I wouldn't say I would wear the same type of socks or I'd wear the same shirt or or the same jock strap or anything. I, I don't think it was anything like that. But yeah, I <laughs> don't did need that to handle business. Right. Yeah. So this is something I've always wondered. If- or, or you you remember real quick, you remember you remember uh uh, what was the name of that movie? Sutter Heyman text line is always open to you guys. 402-464-5685. Uh, maybe you'll be able to help me with, with this. But they had a they had a guy by the name of Wild Thing. Dun, dun, oh, dun, yeah. Dun, dun. You make my heart sing. Right? Whatever that song was, it was, uh, I think, um, uh, uh, Sheen. One of the Charlie Sheen. Yes. That. yes. But there was a guy right in there, and his name was Joe Boo. And he had the he had the uh-huh. little Joe Boo thing uh-huh. in there. That was his little ritual. He would do all the little sage and all that stuff. No, Austin, <laughs> I didn't have that. Not, Not about that. In my locker and all that stuff. No, I didn't have that. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Joe Boo. Joe Boo, no good with curve. That's... Major League. PK yes, Major League. The movie. On it. Simples hamsters. Thank you, Joe Boo. That's right. Absolutely. Heck yes. Well, that's something I was always wondering, Strick, is what was like the timeline? Say you have an afternoon game versus like a night game. What's your your daily schedule like? What time does your day get started? When do you start the, you know, pregame process, the routine for you? Well, it it depends because really sometimes it also depends on the coach. Um, I can say that we started off, I think I want to say uh, we only won like 20 something games on the first half when I was with the Dallas Mavericks the last year I was there before I got traded. Uh, Don Nelson comes and takes over and he he operates on a different schedule. <laughs> uh, very player oriented. Don liked to go to the bar and drink on his drink and smoke his cigars. And a lot of times he'd be like, you know, we'd be on a back to back and normally a normal coach, a regular coach would be like shoot around in the morning at 9 a.m., blah, blah, blah. 
So it would depend on the type of sleep, what you knew you had to do the next game, who you were playing. Mm. It would be different if I was playing a certain player or I needed to get some rest because <laughs> it was Michael Jordan or somebody right. like that, right? Sure. Um, so you would have that factor. But Don Nelson would be like, uh, see you guys at the at the bus, uh, be there at 3 o'clock to go to the gym. <laughs> First bus at 3-something, second bus at 4-something. So it would depend. Other coaches, it would be like shoot around. You would have a specific routine, so it would depend on that. So your mornings could change. Um, it was also different when I played in Boston. That Boston team with me, Antoine Walker, Kenny Anderson, uh, Tony Batie, Vitaly Patapinko, uh, Eric uh, Williams, uh, Antoine Walker, that team, um, it was a fun team to play for. It was very structured. But there would be nights that we would land in Miami uh, after a back-to-back. We went out one night. I specifically remember a, a night where we played Atlanta the night before we had a back-to-back in Miami. That was still, I think, Dwayne Wade was on that team. I, I want to say it was Alonzo Mourning. Tough team. They, they were tough. They just still hadn't figured themselves out yet. And uh, we got there, and literally we went to the club. We literally landed. I want to say it had to be 1, or, one o'clock. We went out to eat. We went to the club. We was in the club. We walked out. The sun was coming up. <laughs> yeah. And we went out and played that night and beat the brakes off of them. So, Ooh. I mean, it just depends. <laughs> it, it really does. It really depends. See, that's impressive for me to hear that because I've always heard that the Miami nightlife is undefeated. But you guys beat it. Sounds like you did it. That's yeah. impressive. Yeah, it, it, we really did. I'm telling you, when we, we, we kind of were sitting there having a good time. We, it was a team event. We were all a team. And, and, you know, we got to the point where we're like, man, we got to go. <laughs> and so we walked out and there was still a line. When I tell you, <laughs> um, really, Austin, there was still a line out the street, down the block half a little bit at six in the morning. I can't tell yeah. people are getting their night started later. Their morning started really early. Uh, right. Whichever one it is. It didn't matter. I won't ask you names for the people you didn't game plan against as much, but who are some of the toughest people that you knew you had to get your sleep in and make sure you were ready for work the next morning? And who are some of the teams you may be like, Hey, I can sleep in a little bit. Um, so some of the teams back then that you, you kind of, um, definitely it wasn't Sacramento. It never was the Lakers. Cause you know, it was going to be a Kobe, Kobe Bryant matchup or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say it was teams like at that time, it was teams like Cleveland. Um, it was teams like Washington, D.C., like mm-hmm. D.C. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was Orlando at that time. Uh, that was after Shaq and that crew, Penny Hardaway and that right. group. Uh, it was definitely it was like Orlando, uh, Atlanta. Um, when I played with the Knicks, the funny thing about Atlanta was um, Atlanta when we showed up, when I was playing with the Knicks, we had more fans than the Atlanta Hawks had, <laughs> which was crazy. It was like a New York Knicks takeover. And I think because Atlanta is such a transient city mm-hmm. that a lot of people, um, you know, would come from New York or come from other places, D.C. and other places like that. So those would be some of those teams. Te- guys that I had to kind of make sure I prepare for, I really had trouble with Nick Van Exel. Uh, okay. Nick Van Exel was really tough. Um because he was just so herky-jerky. He just didn't know. Mm. He didn't have a pattern to his game. Um, Obviously, Allen Iverson was one of those guys where I said, you know, let me get some sleep. Uh, Reggie Miller, Rip Hamilton, uh, guys like that who were going to be running for days, they were were really tough. So uh, guys like that where I knew I was going to be running off 100 screens and they they never stop running. They don't feel like (laughs) they got tired. 
uh, yeah, guys like that were a problem. Favorite home arena, favorite road arena. Uh, I think that one, my favorite home arena ended up being the Boston Celtics uh, TD Ooh, Garden. TD, okay. Um, um, they used to, before we played our game, they used to play uh, Guns N' Roses. And it was, welcome to the jungle. We got fun and game. And the crowd would be going crazy. And the lights would be flickering. And, and it got us so hyped, right? <laughs> so that was a fun arena. It was a really tough place. People did not like to play us in that time when we played there. Uh, I would say one of the oh another home one was the old forum, not oh, not the okay. whatever it's called now crypto arena. No, <laughs> not the Staples arena. I'm talking about the forum. the forum. When you saw everybody, you saw the actresses. Everybody was like on their own model runway. They was walking <laughs> around. You might have to tell the ball boy. This is one of those things. This little inner secrets. We used to tell the ball boys when we saw something we liked. We'd be like, "Yo, go send her my number." <laughs> Yeah, go. Yeah, that one over there. You see, you see that one. Go send her my number. You know what I'm saying? That's awesome. So that was always fun. And listen, and it was way better than playing in Kip Clipperville because Clipperville uh-huh. used to be played at the old Coliseum. So the Forum and the Coliseum before they merged mm-hmm. and they were playing together. So those were some of the differences there. Um, but now the, the the places where I hated to play, I did not like playing in Utah. That doesn't I shock didn't me like to hear playing. Yeah, I didn't like playing in Utah. I didn't like I thought I thought uh, also Cleveland's arena was so dark. It was like really? huh. it was like playing at night. It felt like <laughs> dingy in there, right? Okay. Some of those places I did not like and I did not like playing at the old Alamo Dome just because it was just so spacious and I had trouble with uh, the depth perception and stuff like that. So those were some of the places I didn't like. It's funny you mentioned the Alamo Dome strike because the Spurs are headed back there tonight. They're hosting the Warriors yeah. there, and they're supposed to break the, the all-time single-game attendance record. That's another thing, too. I mean, you mentioned just how big that Alamo Dome is. Now we're playing Final Fours in football stadiums. I mean, Syracuse playing in the Carrier Dome. That's bizarre Whew. to me. Don't you, why, don't, why wouldn't you play your highest level of the sport whether it's you know March Madness, the NCAA tournament, or it's just an NBA game, the highest level of the sport, wouldn't you want that in a basketball arena? That's something that guys are used to for the best possible product. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I just think that they're doing it a little bit different. A lot of times, you like that intimacy too, because sure. you think about it. As you get up into those top tiers, it's, you know, we, you look like little men. Like people used to say to me all the time, they're like, "Dang, Strick, I didn't realize you was that big." You know what I mean? Because they're like right. they're they're so used to looking at you from a distance that you look so tiny, and then you're standing next to Shaq, <laughs> and you're, you're or Yao Ming, and they're like, "Wait a minute, that guy looks like a midget, right?" Right. And then they get up on you, and they're like, "Wait, dang, I didn't realize." <laughs> and they say the same thing about Steve Nash. They like, "Dang, I didn't know Steve was that big." You know what I'm saying? Like sure. Steve six two. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> the, you just look so small when you're out there with those other groups, and so yeah, I can understand that. I'm. I think that's interesting, too, based on some of the new arenas versus the older arenas. Like, some of them have been updated. I've been down to Kansas. I've been to Fog Allen. That's not a huge place. That's a small place. It gets loud. I mean, Cameron Indoor only seats 8,000 versus, you know, I'm impressed by PBA, the way Husker fans fill that up when there's a big game because that's a bigger arena that they use for basketball. It works very well for basketball. But I remember even, you know, not that my playing experience holds anything like a candle to yours, but some of the the most fun I had was playing basketball at Elkhorn Mount Michael. Small gym, students are standing right there on the floor. There's just something about that that intimate space where you're right on top of each other. You can really feel the energy of the crowd. 
I'll give you an example of that. Back in the day, they've actually expanded it now. They actually went in and, and, and built it up a little bit. But that's how Mo, uh, it used to be called Mo Gallagher Ibo Arena. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, what used to be down in yep. Oklahoma State. It was like, they, I mean, literally, you, you're taking the ball out and there are people standing behind you. Like, you know, it, it, it was raucous and rowdy like that. There's no greater feeling than to quiet that crowd um, because they, they were, it was like they were on top of you. The other places that I like is stadiums that go straight up because okay. it's like it seems like the fans are hovering above you. And those are some really intimate uh, times when you're seeing stadiums like that. I like the growth of those those types of stadiums. There's really not in those types of stadiums. There's really not a bad seat in the house. It really isn't. Sure. Uh, on the text line, uh, 402-464-5685, Sarger Heyman text line, Pecan Pie, were you in the old garden or the new garden when you were with uh, New York? The new, the new, new garden. Yep. The old garden. Hey, the old garden. Here's some stories about the old garden. The old garden, um, they used to say that there, there were literally some seats that they would sell for like five bucks because Ooh. you were literally – the old garden and the old Chicago stadium, those were mm-hmm. some of the places where – they had these little pillars that went up, obviously, the way that they built them. Right. And there were seats that were behind those, and people had to do this <laughs> the whole game. If you're on the stream, you would see what I'm saying. I'm leaning to the side. You, you, you would have to lean around the whole game, basically, and watch around the pillar. Exactly. So, so those were some of the things about the old garden. The other thing about the old garden that um, there were some of the stories that were told for some of my teammates, like Derek Harper, some of the older, older school guys that played in it, where there were a lot of dead spots. So the, the old parquet floor, mm-hmm. that was the advantage. That that was the advantage <laughs> of the old Celtics that they had. The Celtics and Bird and all those, they knew where all the spots were. So they knew, like, if they got you defensively in one of those spots, they might shoot for a steal because they knew that the ball was going to deaden and you were going to try to react. So they knew all of these little intricacies of the garden that made them an advantage. That's why they did so well in some of those environments. Hmm. As On aggregate. Did you have more better crowds in the NBA or in college? I would say the NBA. You mean really? as far as intensity? Yeah. As far as yeah. raucousness? Yeah. I would probably say college then. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. College. College, big eight, big eight, big, big eight college uh, environments. Uh, I would say first you got to go Kansas. Then you go probably Oklahoma State. <laughs> and I think one A and B would be Iowa State, Oklahoma State, because Iowa State mm-hmm. and Hilton – uh, oh wait, wait a second! Oh. I would say that would be the that would be two, two and three, but one A, one B. Um, let's let's be honest. Doggone Missouri! Really? They were crazy. Oh my god! <laughs> they used to have this group called the Antlers, and and it was crazy. I don't know how they did. This is before social media, Austin. Mm-hmm. This is before that whole social media age. But for some reason, they they got information on you. Um, they knew who your girlfriends were. They knew where you like to eat. They knew if you got in trouble. They knew if somebody was smashing your girlfriend. And <laughs> and they, they, I mean, they knew details about you that you're like, wait a minute. My mama doesn't even know that. Like, I'm telling you, they had they had these signs up or they had pictures. I mean, I'm like, how the heck did they know that? But they would get in people's head. It was fun. It was a fun environment. Missouri was crazy. It was crazy. I think they kind of, I think they cut the antlers out. I think they got two rockets <laughs> and they cut them out so they couldn't be involved. It, it was like an organization. Did you ever yeah. talk any, any trash to Norm Stewart on the sideline there? I didn't talk to Norm. I had, I had tremendous respect for Norm, but um, there was an instance where Norm, Norm and, and, the, and them, 
I think it might have been my – it was the same year that Eric Pikowski, uh was still there. It was the year that we won the first ever Big 8 uh, championship that, okay. that we've ever had in, 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 in uh, team's history. Um, we, we played there, and we were in Missouri playing, uh, and they were, like, undefeated. They're the only undefeated team until we beat them in the uh, Big 8 tournament. Mm-hmm. But we should have beat them at home, and we had them. And and um, we it came down to the stretch. I actually drew a charge. Oh. So imagine the referee that's um, that takes the ball out, which is called the um, um, he's the trail. Mm-hmm. And then there was a center referee that was right next to us. And then there's a lead referee that's down. Like if you were doing a fast break, that would make the call. The center referee that was right in front of us makes a call in our favor. This is like. <laughs> At Missouri. Like, uh-huh. If we get the ball at Missouri, if we get the ball, we can run the clock out. It's over with. Mm-hmm. We were up like, and we shot free throws. We shot almost 80% as a team. Ooh. So we knew, we knew that That's we, if we, if we got the ball, we could, mm-hmm. you know, we, we could run the time. They're going to have to foul us. We're going to hit them and then see what it do. Maybe they hit a shot or so we'll see. But I drew the charge. The referee on the other side from the trail calls a block. No. No. So we have a block charge scenario, which then goes to um, some form of, of the chain. And then I think um, I, I want to say that we were up, but then they called the foul to me to where they shot the free throws. Uh. And then they ended up going up and Eric Pikowski missed like a 20, 30 footer. And it goes in and rolls around and came out. That was the most heated that Danny Nee had ever been where he slammed on the referee's door and went nuts. <laughs> so when we played them in the Big 8 tournament, we we knew we were going to beat them. We were like, oh, yeah, we're going to beat the brakes off of y'all. So and yeah, you did. That was, that was a and great time. Yeah, that was a great time. For sure. Well, Nebraska basketball on the road tomorrow. Huskers go to Purdue, one of the better road environments. Fred Hoiberg calls it the best at Mackey Arena. Uh, we'll get into that on the other side. Plenty more uh, to get into here on the block as well. He's Eric Strickland. I'm Austin Norman uh, on the block seg two after you hear this.